Hi guys and welcome back to another Bath Indie. Thanks for tuning in and on this week's show I have a really really special guest. From former BBC presenter to now co-owner of a really popular yoga studio The Hive in Bath and also founder of Meditation Rocks. I am delighted to welcome Lucy Stone. Hi Lucy, how are you? I'm really good, thank you. And thank you for inviting me. It's a brilliant podcast. Oh, thank you so much. I am trying to fill as many occupations as possible <laughs> um, and try and get everyone speaking and chatting. So just for all my lovely listeners, give us a little rundown of who you are, Lucy. So my name's Lucy Stone and I'm originally from Somerset. I grew up on Exmoor and I've lived in Bath for around 12 years now. Uh, as you said, um, originally from university, I've worked for the BBC and it was my dream job. I always wanted to work in radio from a very, very young age. Um, and I was lucky enough to be a producer and a newsreader, reporter, and finally um, a presenter on radio and a little tiny bit of television as well. So that was my kind of first job. Uh, I then went into PR um, and in the corporate world of PR, I became very, very stressed and ended up having a bit of a burnout. Um, and the natural thing to do was to head off to India and to uh, retrain as a yoga and meditation teacher. So that was about five years ago. Um, and I, since then, I've worked, I have three businesses. I have Yoga Do, which teaches children yoga in schools. I, as you say, I co-own The Hive Yoga Studio in Bath on Walcott Street with one of my best friends, Bex. And in the first lockdown, I launched a new venture, which is called Meditation Rocks. And that's a way of weaving meditation into your everyday life. And that's working uh, with individuals. Uh, we work with schools and universities. And increasingly, which is very, very good as saying what I've just come from, is businesses. So working with companies to unite their teams through mindfulness and meditation and to look after their mental health as well. So you're an extremely busy woman. <laughs> <laughs> I am. I also have a child and a puppy uh, and try and keep fit. So, yeah, I am busy, but I, I wouldn't want it any other way, to be honest. That's amazing. So as you mentioned, I mean, I'm sure like many people, when you hit your dream job, um, especially from when you have that as like a young age and working in radio was such a dream for you when you sort of were going through that process. Um, and then obviously it was quite stressful, um, which I think quite a few people sort of go through in their life, don't they? They sort of hit their goals and their dreams. Um, and it becomes quite um, a stress on them. How did you find that sort of transitioning out of that corporate stressful world and then and then becoming such a yogi? I <laughs> well, I've always done um, yoga and actually meditation since I was at university. So goodness me, I feel very old when I say this. That's about 20 years ago. Um, and so it always played a part in my life. But it's like anything, whether it's healthy eating or fitness, you know something's good for you, but sometimes life just takes over and you don't do it. And then you realize why you're not feeling great. Um, and I think that was the thing with yoga and meditation. I started it when I was actually doing my law degree. 
at university because I was stressed and had a bit of imposter syndrome. What am I doing, doing a law degree? And um, yeah, I but I found it useful um, in my journalism career. Actually, that is quite an interesting story. I really got into meditation um, when I was uh, pre presenting um, because I was having panic attacks. I was presenting a daily program on a, a radio station on the afternoon, but I was also simultaneously suffering from panic attacks. So every news bulletin, and there were three of them during my um, show, I would go to the loo and just try and calm myself down. Nobody knew. Um, I've written about it since, and my boss has sort of said to me, I didn't know, and you know, and I kept it, um, you know, secret almost. So that was when I really got back into it. And then when I went into PR, I also suffered with my mental health. I was, I was a mum by this point. So um, any mums out there know how difficult it is to juggle motherhood and trying to have a full-time busy job as well. Um, so that's when I got back into it. And so then when I um, kind of burnt out, despite trying to, to do all these things that were good for me, I just realised that, you know, this isn't for me. Um, and I, But I realised I actually wanted to try and help people. That's what I think I was lacking from my PR career. I, it felt a little bit soulless. Um, mm. I felt like I was you know, spending clients money like millions of pounds on an occasion on big campaigns national campaigns and then we were working ourselves into the ground to get it all done and then it was gone and that was that mm -hmm. and and you know and, and it's that kind of old adage it's fish and chip paper isn't it the next day so I think I wanted something that was more um wholesome let's say and to, mm. and to help people and I think that's why my first job after I trained as a yoga and meditation teacher was actually teaching children. And that's where my real, real passion has always been and, and, and continues to be, really. And uh, children as well. I mean, they are, they, sever, they say, don't they, in the sort of TV and radio world, never work with children or animals. Or... Yeah. <laughs> but children just have so much energy and it feels like sometimes we could, we could learn a lot from children. Um, yeah, I have actually written a blog post called exactly that. It's called, I think it's 12 or 13 lessons I've learned from teaching children meditation. And actually they can learn, you can learn a lot um, about your own mental health. They're a blank canvas. As you say, they are imaginative um, and they are open to learning. They don't mind making mistakes. That's why I think they're a natural meditator when we are older and we're trying to learn something new if we don't get it right first time then we often feel like we're kind of inner critic comes doesn't it and we or maybe we want to give up whereas children because they're at school and they're learning all the time it's it's something that's natural to them to, to learn new skills and I absolutely adore teaching children um yoga and especially meditation because it's a skill for life isn't it mm, it's something that um I I never used to uh, practice ever um, until, yeah, I was kind of super stressed within my job role and I couldn't sleep. And it was really sort of I was only getting about three hours sleep a night and working 12 hours a day and I, I couldn't quite keep up. And it was only until I started sort of looking into sort of meditation and sleep music and, you know, really trying to calm my mind and, mm. and get into that sort of, I suppose, lifestyle of when I'm home, I was trying to, to switch off in bed. 
you start to like you say you learn so much about your own mental health or other people around you it's really important I think to have as kids those key skills to almost recognize that absolutely yeah and I think people often say one of the biggest kind of misconceptions about meditation is that you have to empty your mind um, mm. and that is really the last thing that you're, you're trying to do but what you're trying to do is to change the relationship that your mind has with your thoughts or your inner critic or, or your emotion and not let those things uh, you know spiral off and, and control you so I think you're right I think um, it's a 5,000 year old practice so it's nothing new um, and but I always say it's, it's never been more needed in this kind of ultra stimulating world that we're living in with screens and 24-hour news and we just need a break yeah uh, and I suppose sometimes that break comes from many different things in people's lives I mean I'm sure you see all the time sort of teaching and and going through these practices with different people. Do you see the difference between adults and kids? Yeah, I do. I think, um, as I say, I think uh, I've hardly met a child that says they haven't got something out of it after doing a, a session, yeah. whereas adults will more readily say it's not for me it's not for me or you know and won't maybe even have a reason but they're not really open to to learning so but no I mean I've worked with athletes I've worked with actors and comedians I've worked with lots of people from all different work walks of life and and demographics and I think um you know and I work with a charity and men mentoring plus I work with Bath Rugby Foundation and the youngsters there so I think anyone can get something from it we won't all get the same thing we're not all looking for the same thing but it's really about do you know what it's about giving yourself permission to stop for in the first mm -hmm. instance which again, is something that I think we really struggle with in this modern world, um, stop and to, to do seemingly nothing. <laughs> um, yeah. And actually, by seemingly doing nothing on purpose, you're actually opening up yourself to a whole kind of world of opportunities. I have some of my best ideas when I'm meditating. And it's actually quite annoying because I don't always have a notebook to hand. So that that can in itself, I often stop the meditation, write the thing down and then meditate again. Otherwise, it will be annoying me that I am mm. going to forget the thing that I've got in my in my head. So, yeah, I think creativity, focus, sleep, relaxation, clarity, transition and change. We're all going through a lot of change. Um, I personally have had a, a tough year. I lost my mum in May and I think my grief although it was overwhelming I was mm. still able to function and I think had I had that uh, situation when I was working in PR for example I think it would have been a very very different story so I do mm. think it gives you a kind of I call it like a resilience duvet if you like a kind of a way of um, protecting you from the natural things that are going to happen in life but it just helps you process mm. and deal with them a little bit better. And I think that I think that's quite an important thing to realize. Um, like you said, being able to stop and give yourself permission um, to feel that resilient duvet, you know, like yeah. to feel that and be present with that. Um, yeah, I think that's really important. It's really interesting when I when I used to teach face to face um, courses, meditations, or workshops, and it would be over a number of weeks. People would come to me say week two week three and say I'm really sorry I haven't had time to to meditate 
and I and I uh, I say why why are you apologizing to me mm-hmm. and it's that again it's understanding we're do- not doing this for anybody else it's for you and I think mm-hmm. there's a mindset thing that we always feel like we've got to be doing something for someone whether that's our boss or our family or our loved ones is really hard I mean we hear the word to the word self-love banded about and you know quite a bit but it's more mm. fundamental than that it's just the fact that you can do things for yourself you know it's not about love necessarily but it's it's doing something for you and mm. meditation is one of the things I do for myself and and if and if I don't do it now I notice it's almost mm. like an antihistamine I don't take an antihistamine when I've got hay fever I take it so I don't get hay fever and I align meditation like with that with with my stress and my kind of resilience if you like. Yeah and also I think what's really beautiful about that is that that is manifesting change within your everyday life right like you transfer those things to your career or to your relationship and without I suppose even realizing that you're doing so you just become more mindful of that or yeah yeah I mean I think you know my life is completely different now um to it was five years ago you know not just my career I've gone through a divorce I'm a single parent um but there were changes that I needed to make in in my life and I've ended up a lot more uh, well-rounded, I'm happier, I have a lot more empathy for people. Mm. And I just feel like my life is just, as I said to the word before, wholesome. I feel like Mm. I'm doing good. And when I help people, it it makes me feel good. Um, And that's, you know, almost the ripple effect of of doing work that you completely adore and you can't believe it's your job is is that you have these, these feelings and it's just amazing. Yeah, it's those ticks of gratitude, isn't it? Mm. When you sort of realise like, oh, I am in a position where you can go out and teach and learn and and put all of that to practice. And I suppose that's what Meditation Rocks is for you. Um, tell us a little bit about what sort of working Meditation Rocks within sort of schools, because that really interests me that it's kind of, it sounds, when I hear it from you, I'm like, and I read about it, I'm like, that's wonderful like how has this not been practiced before (laughs) I think you're right I think it has been I think there's been pockets of uh, people doing some really good work but what Mm. I realized the meditation rock started in first lockdown and it very very simply started by me going live on Facebook every morning at eight minutes past eight for an eight minute meditation and I'll be honest with you it was mostly or partly for me that I had something to get up for because mm-hmm. as, as all of our routines were sort of stripped away from us, uh, I knew that I need routine for my mental health. So I thought, right, I'm going to manifest this by telling people I'm going to go live every morning mm-hmm. during lockdown, not realising at that point it was going to be two and a half months. Um, so <laughs> 70 <laughs> meditations later, um, I'd yeah I'd gone live every morning and it got picked up by the Guardian um, who wrote four articles and followed me um, in, in their business section to see whether I could change this from a Facebook page to a business and that kind of gave me as a former journalist I love a deadline um, <laughs> this kind of gave me a deadline they were like okay well we're going to follow you for, for for three months to see whether you can do this I'm like all right then I will so um, I started off with just individual subscribers 
um, and that's what I do partly. So you can have um, one of uh, five live sessions a week and then you get pre-recorded audio and video content as well if you're a subscriber. Um, and then schools who I used to work with with Yoga Do began to hear about this and I started doing kids' versions. Now, what I know from working with kids is that in a class of 30, you've got the children that are brilliant and will just want to watch and learn. And you've got the ones that just want to run around the room, even when you're telling them not to. So I knew I had to capture their imagination. Um, so I write stories, they're around 10 to 15 minutes long, which seems quite a long time for a children's meditation. And I've got a brilliant assistant called Maisie Morris Davis, who I started working with. Um, she's a graduate from Bournemouth um, Media Degree. She started working with her in September and she's an illustrator. So what we do is we have my voice doing the meditation and an over, uh, over desk shot of Maisie illustrating whatever I'm talking about, for example, outer space or under the sea. So the children <laughs> are transfixed yeah. on the screen um, of Maisie's time-lapsed um, illustration, listening to my meditation, and then they can download the PDF of the finished drawing that Maisie has done, and they can colour it in, or they can add bits to it, or write things about how they felt. So it actually becomes like a half an hour activity for a teacher to pop on, for them to have some time out, but also for the children to have kind of like a mindfulness experience. So it's just brilliant. And that creative element was just genius, you know, from working with Maisie, it was her, you know, her initiation on that. So us coming together has been fantastic. And I think that's why the schools are just grabbing it with um, both arms and this week um, has been just so busy. We've had new schools every day signing up um, for our services. So that's fantastic. And then obviously we work in businesses as well. So it's mm. just great, but I think you have, with children, you have got to keep it interesting. You can't mm. just say, we're going to om for 15 minutes. And I don't actually <laughs> om anyway, but um, you know, we can't yeah. just breathe in and out for 50 minutes. You've got to, you've got to bring it to life. And you've got to give them some practical skills, some breathing exercises, so that they, so they immediately start to feel the benefits. And then if they feel the benefits, they'll want to do it more. So it's just fantastic. It's genius. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I want to watch oh, I know. I you're not the first. It. You're not the first person to say that, actually. And funnily oh, enough, uh, we did a lovely mandala one for the children. And I said to Maisie, let's do it for the grown-ups. So they actually yeah. had their, they could print off their um, template and then they all started sending them to me, all the grown-ups. Um, so it's, I think you're right. I, I quite often take, for example, there's a meditation called Busy Road. You've probably heard of this one. When you set, you imagine you're by a road and if you think of something, you put that thought in a car, you let the car drive past and, and off and off again. And I use that with children and with adults. Um, and I think it's interchangeable. And I think also that beginner meditation, beginner meditators are the same whether you're seven years old or 27 years old. You've got that same, um, you know, you need to understand it in the same way. You need to get the same principles over. So I think, I think the fact that I teach little ones means I'm able to get beginners off and running in a really good way as well. Yeah, I absolutely love the concept, like, and it just being 
yeah infused into all of these screens of people right now that are homeschooling Mm. and they're you know I mean I don't have kids but I mean I just can't believe that that everyone's doing it out of their home and I take my hat off to every single parent right now who's trying to (laughs) homeschool work from home um do their laundry wash up make that like I'm just so in awe of people at the moment and people with kids and having to just try and juggle everything but yeah, having that on their screen for 15 minutes, I'm sure, is bringing so much solace. I know that if that was me, I'd be sat there with my kid doing it. Yeah, you're, you're right. I mean, we, we launched Homeschool of Meditation Rocks um, only this week. So parents can actually buy um, a subscription. So even if their school isn't signed up, they can actually buy a, a, a month subscription for £25 and it gets them the whole back catalogue as well. So there's enough for one a day if you wanted to um, to do it. And I think you're right. It just might spark something off. And it, you're totally right. You can definitely do it as a family. It, 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 you know, I think I've had children teaching their parents meditation, which I, I feel like my life is fulfilled now that that's actually happening um so it's just brilliant same with yoga though to be honest it's you know often it's coming from the bottom up now because these kids are just loving it and want their parents to do it with them yeah it's so beautiful it's like I yeah I'm just in complete awe of of uh people at the moment that have those responsibilities Mm. and really just making making waves with it I suppose and um yeah what's I think what's been your sort of favorite to date of what you've sort of done like what you've achieved whether that is um releasing a new sort of podcast or a new meditation or a new yoga stream what's your sort of to date what you you love the most I think we've heard this word banded around pivoting is um Mm. something that I've realized I'm quite good at (laughs) and I and I actually really enjoy um so even though it's really tough at the moment and yeah I've got a child who's on Microsoft Teams in one room while I'm trying to do a live session for the University of Bath meditation in the other room um but yeah. I, but I I just think that if it is tough and obviously there's a lot of stresses with financial insecurity and all those kind of things but if we can kind of just embrace the challenge and and mm. just also look at this time to take some positives I know it's sometimes tough but also look for opportunities you know that I actually mm. think when the dust settles whenever that might be we mm. will um, not look with rose tinted glasses because obviously it's been an awful time and you know anyone that's lost loved ones and I and I and I'm included in that will you know always look at this time with with sadness quite rightly mm. but I think there's I think one of the best that the lockdown has in fact been one of the most significant um times of my life because mm. I've obviously reached thousands if not tens of thousands of people now through my Facebook videos and Meditation Rocks. I've had a lot more time with my child which I'm going to be honest hasn't always been brilliant (laughs) and there has been some colourful language. We've we've, we've both learnt new words Um, but um, on the whole I think you know I would never have had that time 
as much time with him and also because I'm a single parent I've had quite a lot of time on my own I live alone mm-hmm. apart from when my son is with me and that's been a challenge you know I've it's I can't just go around to a friend's or have them around I've had to enjoy my own company and you know yes. and, and I think that's been quite um significant and I think will always stay with me and I think yeah the pivoting of our businesses whether it's the hive or whether it's launching meditation rocks I've absolutely loved and I think if you embrace it and try and take the positives then that's got to be a good thing yeah I I was actually speaking to one of my friends the other day who has um, a five-year-old and she was saying the like the one thing that she didn't even realize that was happening was like now that they're at home all day every day they have what seems to be their homeschooling process but like even to the point now where she's cooking with her and she was like normally we would never cook like it would be get home from school do your homework I'm cooking dinner I'm washing and now they're like almost doing that together so she was like it's bizarre like it's such a positive that like they might be learning something new like that you'd never realize in your own home um, and the same for like single people or people like, you know, me and my partner, we've learned a lot about just living <laughs> together Yeah, long periods of time. <laughs> what I've realized is that whatever situation you're in, so I live alone, as I say, when I haven't got my son, so many friends are jealous. Uh, or you can watch anything you like on Netflix and you haven't got to cook anything you know um but then on the other hand I would not you know would have loved to have been able to share this time with somebody but I think whatever you don't have you you kind of want don't you so that's that's a natural um human behavior I think you're right I mean they're calling this time the great pause you know we have had to stop you know we can't just get on a plane and go to Ibiza for a weekend you know we're all Mm. having to get to know ourselves and to be have gratitude for where we live and you know Mm. even the the fact that I've got a balcony you know I was so grateful for in lockdown one particularly when the weather was good not so much now um (laughs) but but I I don't know if I would have had that much gratitude for my balcony if lockdown one hadn't happened but now every time I look out though I'm you know I have like of memories of sitting out there and working or reading with my son or doing art classes out there and it's just I think yeah we are being forced to stop and I hope that you know some positives can come out of it whether it's individually or as a planet or working um, patterns I I hope that we can get some positives I think we already are in some ways um, from this really difficult time yeah and um, what would you say from going forward so let's say not a goal as such but you know 2021 what do you see yourself doing or achieving um within your space at the moment well I've, I've got some things sort of in the irons and the fire is that the right word um, <laughs> <laughs> um things lined up which are really exciting but um you know overall umbrella goals is to continue um making meditation accessible to as many people as possible um i am writing a book um i have got a podcast it's just kind of tentatively beginning um i'm looking to do some media work um i've just been given a column in a mental health magazine so there's loads of um 
it's almost like a perfect storm of everything I've done in the past is kind of where I am now. So my radio mm. work and my writing, it's just all roads have led here. And that's a really nice feeling to, for, to kind of look back and go, ah, oh, that's why I did that, to be able to do mm. this. Um, because I, I know it's cheesy, but, you know, I don't feel like it's a job. I feel so lucky to be doing this, to have a creative element, to have a business element, to be able to employ somebody now is amazing. Hopefully, maybe able to employ another one or two people in this coming sort of year or two um, as, the, as the business grows. And that's just amazing. But ultimately, yeah, I, you know, know so many people that still think meditation isn't for them. And I think meditation is about 10 to 15 years behind yoga in terms of mm. its kind of reputation there's a bit of PR work to do on meditation because unfortunately not every teacher is particularly accessible you might look at some teachers and think they're not like me uh, you know no disrespect to gongs I love a gong but if you associate gongs with meditation you think I've got no room for a gong in my apartment yes. um i can't do meditation i i do love a gong i'm happy to say that and a, a crystal bowl but um but i want to represent the normal person so a working mum mm. had a burnout mental health challenges use meditation to help me get through those and now i meditate every single day without fail and i am busy and i still find time and it has changed my life mm. Um, one thing that just even listening to you right there, all I hear is just like strength, oh. like the strength that you have and like the like from working and like you said, your life beforehand, almost cheering you up to have this such positive and inspiring outlook on what you're doing now. It's just amazing. I'm just, yeah, I'm super inspired and yeah, it's Thank awesome. You. Thank you. And I think you do need to have been in a in a bad place or a dark place sometimes to, to realise, you know, what you have when you have it good, I suppose, you know. And I think mm. um, hopefully that's what makes me authentic. I, you know, I don't mind talking about the fact that I had postnatal depression, I had a burnout, you know, mental health challenges along the way, you know, stuff, you know, had grief this year. And I think if you put yourself out there then you kind of to a certain extent need to show the the good and the bad but also to explain mm. your story and I think um I honestly if, if I can fit it into my life then pretty much anybody can I would say and mm. it it is it's like when you're training for a marathon is another analogy I give when I'm teaching you've got to get the miles in your legs and you've got to mm. get the minutes in your mind for meditation you've got to just sit there and try and even monks have bad days and will have days when they can't bring it together and their mind is completely all over the place. Of course they do. We are human. We're not robots. Um, and that's why it's, you know, why it's there for us. So I think, yeah, I do feel strong and I feel incredibly passionate as well. That is, um, that is because I've suffered in the past. That's why I love working with businesses, especially as well. Um, if, if an employer can like dedicate some budget and some time to looking after the mental health and that isn't just buying an app I don't mm. think I mean th th I do use Headspace myself but sometimes corporates will just tick that box they've bought Headspace a subscription for everybody brilliant 
But I think what we offer is a more engaging, we offer live sessions, we do Q and A's, we become part of the HR team to a certain extent and, and um, you know, can advise on all sorts of things. And I think that's where we're different. And I'm, as I say, I've come from a corporate background and I've sat where they're sitting. So I know how it feels when you've got pressure. Um, mm. And I think when you can talk with experience and, and from an authentic background, then people start to listen, which is good. Oh, I, yeah, I absolutely agree. I think it's, um, I know there's been times in my career and other friends' careers and things like that, that they, they just get so overwhelmed that there's, oh, they don't know. And then when you bring it back down and you're a part of something, whether that is yoga or meditation, or you just take that time mm. for yourself, it's it's so important. And I think now with people like you that are out there voicing it and are passionate about it, and yeah, it's amazing. Um, I, I think you're right. You said it earlier about um, putting pressure um, on ourselves. And I think mm. happiness is an inside job. I can't remember who said this. I think I heard it on a Fern Cotton podcast, yeah. it, but it really is. And as long as you're looking for the promotion or the, the pay rise or the bigger house or a more gorgeous partner or more money or a better car, you're not going to be happy. You're not. Yeah. You, it needs to come from inside. You need to almost like we're in this situation now. We're all okay. As someone said, we're all in the same storm, but different boats, but We've, we've kind of been leveled we're, we're not allowed to go and have that big holiday we're not allowed to you know have a big party or, or whatever so we're kind of on a similar playing field and so yeah. this is a time to kind of if you've got the time to start to learn more about meditation and to get to know yourself and to know how you tick and what makes you happy then I think, it, you know, that would be a very worthwhile use of your time. Mm. But I would say that, wouldn't I? <laughs> <laughs> Keep saying. <laughs> oh, I absolutely, I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm having an inspirational therapy session right now. I love this. I'll send you the invoice. <laughs> you all day. Oh, so with, um, uh, with independence, I'm going to put it out there because I love an indie mm -hmm. and I love Bath. Who is your favourite independent in Bath? This is so tough because there are so <laughs> many. And I think if you asked me on five different days, I'd give you five different um, yeah. answers. But I live in Newbridge, part of uh, Bath, and there is a little place called the Electric Bear. And they are a brewers. They brew their own beer down on the Luxbrook um, trading estate. Mm. But not only that, outside in the summer, they have benches where you can sit and you can drink and they get local caterers in um, to do food. And I love that place. And I know I've met the couple that own it and they're really, really lovely. Um, so I'm going to nominate the Electric Bear because... I love their beer and I love the little atmosphere that they create down there. And it's almost like a little festival party um, experience. And all my friends go there and the kids just get on the scooters and the dogs are under the tables, nicking the chicken. So it's, it's just lovely. So I'm going for the electric bear. 
And I agree with you. They are amazing. I went uh, last year. So I'm a big sort of beer. Uh, I worked <laughs> in a pub for many years. Uh, so I do love the occasional beer. And I remember um, Electric Bear actually starting up. And then I was just like, oh, my God, their branding was amazing. Yeah. Everything about their beer was amazing. So, yeah. Um, I do agree with you. Their outside space and what they've done with that brewery space is amazing. They're, they're great. So, yeah, I can't wait to um have a little a, a refresh look into them because I haven't seen it in a while. So yeah, I think I'm just but... longing for a lovely cold pint on a summer's day. You are asking me on a particularly grey, wet, bath day, so I'm just longing to get with my friends and having a a nice time with the DJ playing in the background, and it's and it, it would be very very lovely. I also want wanted to pick them to show that not all uh, meditation teachers <laughs> don't drink. I, mean, I love a little tipple here and there, obviously drink responsibly. But yeah, I, yeah. I just, it's, you've just got to enjoy yin and yang, isn't it? Yin and yang. Yeah, yin and yang is the way of 2021, <laughs> as I'm figuring. <laughs> I think you're right. <laughs> uh, well, Lucy, thank you so, so much for coming on. Pleasure. Um, I've had such an amazing chat and I hope everyone that's listening uh, feels a little bit better after that conversation. Um, I'm going to be sharing all of Lucy's links and all of her Instagram so you can have a little look at what she does. You can listen to Room, um, her podcast, uh, read up on her blogs, basically everything Lucy Stone. So I want to thank you guys again for tuning in. Um, I'll see you next week and we'll see you on the flip side. Bye.